My name's Amber Lynn. I'm a cop's daughter, a cop's sister, and I've got a lot of friends in law enforcement. Welcome to the Bad Boys, Bad Boys podcast. Welcome back to Bad Boys, Bad Boys podcast. We're sitting here with Art again. Some of you guys remember him from past episode. He's our canine officer in Orm City. Well, you were a canine officer in Orm City, but you started the canine program in Orm City. So if you guys go back and listen to Art's um, podcast from previous episodes, um, you can be reminded of who he is here. So we're sitting here with him. He's got some pretty fun stories he wants to share with us, which I'm so grateful for. One of them includes my dad, which I always love these stories that include my dad because then I can give him crap later. (laughs) So I'm going to let you walk us through the story here. First of all, kind of explain. I'm going to let you walk us through it and I'll ask you questions as we go. So this happened now 18 years ago when I had my first dog, Rico. I get called to American Fork by our Uncovered Division. Which, just let everybody know, American Fork, so from Orem City, American Fork is north about 15, 20-ish miles. It's, yeah, about about 15-minute drive from Orem City on the freeway. Okay. And so I get a call from our Uncovered Department, say, hey, we need you to come to American Fork, which was very common for me to go to different cities. So I get there, and they have the suspect in handcuffs. It was a female sitting talking uh, to Hendrickson and I get my dog and the old man would walk past him to send him in and go find the drugs and he goes in there and Nick, uh, Rico starts just scratching at the seats which he's telling me hey dad it's right here the drugs right here so we look at the seats and everything like that I'm like I don't see anything so we go well, I'm gonna back up real quick so what was the point why was she getting pulled over in the first place I don't know the reason was oh, okay like it says they suspected she had drugs in it and okay. so I think she might have even had a warrant but like I said, I walked dog right past them too, put him in the car. He's like, right here in the seat, Daddy. I'm like, okay, put him up. And I go to tell your dad. I'm like, hey, he's nailing the seat hard. We looked around, can't find anything. Oh, I forgot to tell you, when you walked the dog past, she goes, well, you're going to find it anyways. It's down my pants. <laughs> like, well, thanks for telling me. At least my dog's right. Oh, my and gosh. And so she probably wouldn't have gave up the information if it wasn't for the dog saying, hey, it's on the person itself. Mm-hmm. And all my dogs, my drug dogs, Rico, Bill, um, and Zorro, they were great at doing things like that. If somebody, I know this is really gross for some of you guys to hear this for a moment, but I have heard people, you know, they swallow heroin or whatever in the balloons and then they poop it out or whatever. Can dogs indicate, like, if somebody swallowed something? So what happens is when you handle it, our dogs are trained not to, for the um, drugs itself, it's for the odor of it. And so when you touch stuff, oh. the example I like to give is popcorn. You cook popcorn in your microwave, you pop it, you eat it, you throw away the bag, you wash the bowl, you take the bag out of the garbage, throw it away, you walk back in your house. What does your house smell like? It's like popcorn. Popcorn. Yeah. Same thing with drugs. It lingers. We not we might not be able to smell it, but a dog smells six million times greater than us. And so they're like, hey, Dad, look, there's something here. <laughs> and that's how these guys get caught. They'll transfer to the door handles. Like you said, it was down her pants. And... It just the smell absorbed into the seats. We don't know how long it will stay, but that time was like she gave it up quick because she knew the dog was going to tell the guy's ass on their person. Yeah, because the dog will probably attack her butt. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually had a friend where the guy uh, had a syringe full of methamphetamines, and the dog was coming, so he took the syringe and emptied it out of his back pocket. <gasps> well, 
dog walked past, smelled the guy's uh, back pocket. Hey, there's drugs. And he thought it was a big toy. Like you said, these dogs aren't aggressive. It just looked like a toy and bit the guy's butt and tore the pocket off. You oh, know, my gosh. It just smelled like drugs. So, yeah. hey, I get to play. It's a toy. Got to yeah. play with it. That's what I'm doing. So, how much drugs did you get off of her? Do you know how much you got off of they her? They got about a half an ounce off of her. Okay, so street value, what's that? I mean, uh, I don't understand ounce. ounce. Okay, I guess if I'm thinking about ounces, you got to scale out. How much is like an ounce? I think like it's, it's teaspoon? 16 grams to an ounce, I think. So, you figure you have, I'd have to look it up. So, a gram is about the size of a sugar packet. And that's very common oh. what people will use. And they'll be, the drugs will be individual like that. Um, Heroin's a little different. It's a lot more potent. It, the majority of them would find those is about a half of the size of a pea, twisted up. Heroin is probably that next, small. Yeah, next to marijuana, and that would kill me and you. We injected that in her body. That that'd kill us. Oh my gosh. Um, but heroin smells like pickles, sour uh, sweet, uh, dill pickles, and it's the stinkiest drug next to marijuana. Okay, this kind of makes sense now. I used to work at the Buckle mm-hmm. clothing store and I would get people in there that would smell like pickles and I'd be like, what the hell is that smell? Oh yeah, you probably, sp- what's well, a funny story is I went down to a conference this last year in San Antonio, a canine conference I attend every year for a national organization I'm part of and I didn't put anything in the drawers but because of a habit I make, I go through everything in the hotel make sure I got everything. I opened up the top drawer and all of a sudden it hit me. Heroin. Oh Whoever was gosh. in there before had a lot of heroin in that top drawer. I was there all week, never opened it up last week. So who knows how long the smell will stay somewhere. Ew, that's so gross. So if you go into a house, we kind of talked about this in our other um, previous interview with you, but if you go into a meth house, do you smell that kind of? Or if it's been too long, you can't really smell it? If it's a lab house, you'll smell the chemicals. Okay. And okay. then with that, then we will step back out and... Um, we got officers trained to go in there and, and disposable uniforms to go clear everything out. And then they burn it because of the toxicity of the house and stuff like that. Yeah. But once we get in there, we, we pull out as quick as possible. Because it's, I mean, the gases in there will ignite. Oh, And shoot. so, like I said, it's, it's dangerous in the meth houses. Oh we don't God. see as many anymore. It's mostly coming out of uh, Mexico. When it was really popular, um, it was easier to get the items to make it here in Utah. They could buy it by the drumful, and that's why, you know, you'd find labs everywhere. Mm-hmm. But now there's a lot more restrictions and stuff, so mm-hmm. they're coming up through Mexico and that way. Jeez. Well, and I feel like I can, I maybe this is just the cop daughter in me but I feel like I can notice when there's sketchy houses so for example every day I drove past this house and you may have heard this because they they hit this house last October October 2018 so it was on it was on Halloween 2018 you probably heard about it but I would drive past this house every day and there were Amazon boxes on that porch like stacked so high all the time is there red flags like that to some to know if there's a drug house I feel like you kind of know I kept telling so when I did parcel and interdictions, and uh-huh. I'd go work with uh, FedEx, the best people to talk to are the delivery trucks. They'll tell you everything. This guy has been getting this size of packages X amount of days every day. And they'll tell me, go sniff my truck. Really? I'm like, okay. He says, yeah, you need to sniff my truck. 
and they know exactly what packages and everything to do. And we actually found a couple of them, you know, that and through UPS and also through FedEx, you know, from people delivering drugs and stuff. So will FedEx contact you guys and be like, I think something sketchy is going on here? Every once in a while they will. Or we used to go just to get up early in the morning and head down to the FedEx office and meet their security guys there. They're great guys to work with. We just run through them. And then the drivers were said, hey, if he's seeing these suspicious, talk to the officers. And they would talk to us, and we would, you know, we'd find it every once in a while. Wow. And it's funny. It's like, oh, okay, it's here. <laughs> Get an undercover guy to go deliver it, and they're going to jail. So it, it worked out great. It's a, it, was, it was a fun part of the job on that one. That's awesome. I love that all of every cop, if you guys are noticing, every cop has said how much they love the job, how much they love what they do, and that they've all been blessed. Like every one of you guys has said that. I think that's so cool. I think it's great too that you have your FedEx people that are willing to work with you guys too because obviously they don't want things like that on the street either. Yeah, they're a great company to go to assist law enforcement with. Oh, I love that. Well, Art's got a few other stories for us. Um, Again, I haven't heard any of these stories. These are stories that Art shares. He just kind of gives us a little brief preview before. So the next one that he's going to tell us is about a baby and drugs. Yeah, some of the stuff you just see the worst part of people. Uh, I got called down to Provo City, which is the city right next to Orem City. And it's one of my friends who had just barely got out of the or the undercover division, and he's still hustling drugs. Well, he stops this car he s- suspects that has drugs in it. He calls me So down. how does he suspect there's drugs in it? Is you know what? Something? He was good at it. It's just like a sixth yeah. sense. You guys, get a, you guys have a really good yeah. sixth sense. Uh, this particular officer was incredible. He was a great undercover officer, and he knew what to look for and knew what to see, and she was, you know, saying, yeah, there's probably drugs in the car. So I brought my, my second drug dog out, Zorro, and he nailed his car. I send him in, and the only place he shows interest and he's going to town on it is the baby's car seat. Oh my gosh! And I disassemble that car seat, and I I can't find anything. That's so it. she's standing out of the car, like holding, holding the, baby. the baby. And Zorro's in the car. Just he he won't leave the car seat. There is something there, and I'm like I trust him 100. percent He's just he's an incredible drug dog. Take it out, disassemble it, can't find anything. I tell the the probo officer, look, this is what happened. I says, I, I don't know what to tell you. I've disassembled it. I can't find it. Oh, my God. And so I had to go back to the city so I couldn't stay for the rest of the investigation. So he calls me up later. And he says, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, what? I says, I talked her into changing the baby diaper in front of me. <gasps> and there was an ounce of meth in the baby's diaper. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, my God. So, um, That's our child abuse. Yes, our, our family services come and took the baby away from her. And, and from what I understand, when I went to the court case, that she could care less about getting her baby back. All she cared was not getting a felony to get deported. That's all she cared about. And she was facing several, one of them being felony child abuse for putting a drug that could have killed her kid in oh the baby's diaper. And so she ended up getting deported. She actually spent some prison time. I think she might even still be in there because of the seriousness of the charges. Wow. And so, I mean, people think they can hide, you know, from the police and not get caught. But these dogs are so incredible about finding stuff and their commitment to it. And another one is I got a bunch of Zorro's cases because he was good at it. Yeah. You know, one time, being the dumb handler, like I said before, we mess up the dog. The dog doesn't mess up, it's the handler. <laughs> Cow patrol officer in Orm. He 
Zora's like, hey, Dad, there's drugs in the car. I put him in the car. He goes to the backseat, grabs a hold of the tennis ball. And I'm, like, mad at him because he's getting this tennis ball, you know. You don't, you're not supposed to play with anything unless I tell you to. So I get mad at him. He looked at me. He's like, Dad, you're an idiot. And he goes back to the area where the tennis ball's at, and he starts scratching at it. And he's telling me there's drugs there. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I smack my head just like that, grab the tennis ball, which now I put in the bed of the truck, squeeze it. There's a hole cut in it, and there's a couple bindles of methamphetamine inside there. Oh, my you know, gosh. And like I said, they, they, they try to hide it everywhere. They're getting more and more creative. You know, I found it, believe it or not, in baby formula, in stuffed animals. How um, do you find that? The, the dog indicates the dog, on yeah. that thing, so it makes, helps you look through it. What baby formula? Baby formula inside dog food, inside cat food, up way up underneath dashes. Um, lawn people, they think, oh, no, they won't be able to find it, but we get indicators for it. They'll hide everywhere, inside the car, compartments. Um, Sorry, tweakers, you're not going to out, outsmart the dog. It's just, I mean, I could go through them all. We had one incident that it, it cracks me up. And this is how good Zora was. I get called down to a local hotel, and the officer says, hey, the maids went into this room, they found a bunch of marijuana. So they called the police to go get it. Well, a different maid had stolen the marijuana <gasps> and took it down. Well, she hears the cops were stolen and throws it in some bushes. Well, we didn't know where it was at. So they called me in to go help them out cause, to check the lockers and stuff because... Obviously, somebody stole it, yeah. So I let Zora out to go relieve himself, and I'm talking to the officer, and he's telling me what's going on. He's like, well, your dog already found the marijuana. I turn to look, and there's bags of marijuana going over Zora's head. And he's just a attacked pounds. it. Yeah, he's like, that's what he's doing. Like, hey, look, Dad, he scratches. The marijuana's coming over. I'm just laughing. That's so cute. What makes it worse is the original drug dealer, he ran into the room, comes around the corner as the marijuana's going over the head. Oh <laughs> he looked at the gosh. marijuana. He looked at the officers. He didn't even bother on leaving. He just walked over, turned around, put his hands behind his back, and he gave up. Oh, my god! You know, it's like, who would have known? We would have went in there and just searched the area on it, and, you know, we... Probably would have missed it if it wasn't for him going out there. Wow. You know, he, he, that dog would do stuff like that all the time. And it was funny how he would just, on his own, find it. You know, yeah. and then both, and Bill, same way. Like I said, Bill found, I don't know what come out of it in Las Vegas. So these these dogs are pretty funny with some of the, the stuff they'll go out and find and people will get mad. How did you find that? You know, you found my drugs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so what, what... What is like a how much drugs is a felony in Utah? Like, oh, you know, anymore, I don't know the amounts because they've changed the laws so much. Okay, when I started, it was a felony any amount of marijuana, not marijuana, methamphetamines, cocaine, heroin, LSD, stuff like that. Now, they're the rules have changed. You know, the first offense is a class A misdemeanor, second offense amounts, and stuff like that. You know, I gotta actually look up the code book every time I deal with it anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, because it changes so much lately. You know, with marijuana becoming legal in some other states and stuff, medical marijuana, and there's certain rules we have to go by mm-hmm. with it. Okay. Well, Utah, we we voted to have marijuana legalized, and something happened medical with that. Medical marijuana. Medical marijuana. They actually changed it to what I agree is the appropriate way. Medical marijuana, I mean, it does work. The true medical marijuana. Not the stuff with the THC to get of high. Of course. You know, and... You know, the people who says it should just be legalized, no, because you can get the same stuff synthetically from the medical marijuana as you can do by the legal stuff. 
Yeah. Is people who fight for it most wants to get high. Plain and simple. Yeah. Probably made a lot of enemies saying that, but the true medical marijuana, yeah, go ahead and use it. It doesn't affect the people. I've just mm-hmm. seen family members, myself, that marijuana has ruined them. Well, and marijuana is, I feel like, is kind of the stepping stone drug. You start there. And then you kind of start stepping into other things. Because most people aren't going to be like at a party and somebody's like, here, shoot up here. Right? Most people are going to start with something that's a little more known or yeah. not as dangerous. Well, and like, you know, here in Utah, in the cultures, anything, you know, drinking alcohol or something's bad, taking pills. You know, and that's where the heroin epidemic, oh, yeah. opium epidemic, because it's okay to take pills. And that's why we have the issues here as bad as we do, because it's socially accepted. You know, and I agree with you with marijuana. It's, it's, it's a stepping stone. In fact, I had a, a neighbor. It was funny because the two officers there on scene, it was our neighbors. They li- He actually lived in between us. And he never drank and uh, never used drugs ever. He had a headache. guy gave him some pills. It was ecstasy. He had no idea. So it's January. It's 8 degrees. And he's in the church parking lot naked. And I felt bad for him towards the end because he, he's never used drugs. I talked to his dad. Nice kid. Oh, you know, and it's sad, sad because some friend was a jerk. Wow. Do people do that a lot? They kind of trick their friends? That was the first time I've seen, you know, giving this to the friend that went that bad. And he had a temperature, I think, like 105 when the paramedics got there. Oh, my. Ooh, yeah, and that's, that's not just, good. And it's just the cause from the ecstasy on it. And with the heroin act epidemic, there's so much coming into Utah. One of the biggest value amount that I've had was a storage unit. I got called once again by the undercover guys and I show up and they're like, we got a report, um, this guy has a bunch of drugs, we don't know how much, we, they just give me a bunch of storage units to sniff. So I deployed Zorro on this and he hits this unit and they go write a search warrant on it. And inside the search warrant they open it up and this drug dealer was trying to throw off the dog. He had smashed garlic around the front of the door. And it gets better because, you know, he thinks, oh, the garlic will throw the dog off. And then in the back of the storage unit was a cooler, and he um, he opened it up, and inside of it was more smashed garlic. And then a piece of carpet, and underneath the piece of carpet was two pounds of heroin and an ounce of cocaine. And just at the time, the heroin street value was worth $236,000 just for two pounds. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. And so... Mind you, this is cash. cash they don't value. take they don't take cards. <laughs> so if they would have sold the heroin, that's how much they would have made. Jeez, man. And then the second one was down in Provo City. I went and assisted their guys. Same thing, they're undercover. And they gave me a, um, some storage to go sniff. And I don't know what the street value was this, but we ended up getting seven pounds of methamphetamine from wow. uh, this one. You know, and I have friends that are troopers and stuff that will get a lot you know i have a friend my mentor twice two different dogs have found 130 135 cash fulton in gas tanks they trust taking that wad of cash and just shove it in a gas tank yes. and two of two different dogs have found two different hides you know and for me them those are two of my biggest finds out there you know, and he's, he's found a lot. Like I says, uh, Bill got the $17,000 cash from a, a drug user just from a minor traffic accident. Um, actually, the second one was Bill's. So my dogs have been very successful with them. Mm-hmm. The largest one I've been associated with, I, I teach part-time for the police, police academy up in Utah. 
it was the day after certification. All the dogs are certified. And so this is up at post. This is up at post. This is actually in West Jordan when this all happened. Okay. And so everyone was done. It was just a play day. And so the instructor had decided, okay, we're going to go uh, sniff a school, and then we're going to do some storage units just for fun. Now, you never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Well, they go into a classroom with the dogs, and they hit a teacher's desk. And they're like, uh-oh. <gasps> well, they tell the school resource officer on it, there's nothing in the desk. Well, come to find out, the kids heard the dogs were coming, and he's like, crap, they're going to find my drugs. So he put his pipe and his marijuana inside the desk. Well, the dogs got done with searching the school, and they went and was getting a drink at um, a 7-Eleven. Why the school resource officer found the kid that actually had the marijuana who stuck in the desk, and he was talking to them. Oh, my gosh. The kid walked up to him and says, I'm the one you're looking for. Okay, yeah, I'm the one who sold the marijuana to the kid at the school. I knew you guys were looking for me. Oh, my So we got the drug dealer and the guy that had the drugs who stashed in the teacher's desk, you know, just... They didn't know who this kid was until he came up and confessed to him. Do you think that the dog makes them think, I better come clean because I don't want to get bitten? No, I think <laughs> they just don't want to get caught because they know the dogs will find it. That's the whole oh. thing. You can, you know, one of my guys that trained me is like, you know what? You may get away with it once or twice, but you're always going to get caught. Mm. And the dogs just make our jobs a lot easier. Yeah. And so the end of the day with this post class was they went to the storage unit. And this dog from southern Utah hits on this locker. Oh, my god! So they bring all the dogs in, and every single dog hit on this locker. They went and searched, uh, served a search warrant on it. A couple hours later, $250,000 cash and drug money. Oh, my god! And they interviewed the guy that had it and says, Yeah, I didn't think you guys would find it. It's all the money I made from uh, selling drugs. I didn't want it, you know, to get stolen or anything, so I put it there. But, yeah, it's drug money. Wow. And it's just by chance. You know, I, I, I keep harping on it. You know, they do get caught. And with the dogs, it just makes it a lot easier with them. Did you guys hear that? He said, you will get caught if you're <coughs> dealing drugs. It just may be, take a little bit longer, but we will find you. <laughs> I had one gentleman that brought my dog out. He told me exactly where it was at up underneath the dashboard. The first trooper missed it. I'm like, no, my dog's telling me it's up underneath the dashboard. And, I looked there and said, well, I'm going to check. And I reached up underneath there and pulled out the guy's drugs. And the guy looked at me and says, you know what? I've been searched five times. You're the first one that found it. And it's because of your dog. Uh-huh. Nobody else searched there but you because of him. He watched the dogs. Yeah. And the drug dealers, they try everything out there to try to throw the dogs off. You know, they'll try to, you know, they'll bring distractions for them, thinking, you know, hey, we'll throw the dogs out. No, these dogs like to work. It's mm-hmm. the funnest thing to them because drug work is play for them. Yeah. When you're doing work with the dogs, um, I mean, I'm familiar with this because I have had friends on canine, but you actually use drugs to train the dogs. Obviously, you have to do that, right, when you're out. So when these guys are training, when you're training your guys, I'm just trying to give everybody out there who doesn't understand the police world, but for canines, you guys do training every other week. You guys get together with your canine teams, and you guys spend your whole work hours, eight or nine, eight or ten hours, training with the dogs and using the drugs to sniff out, right? Correct. We use the real stuff because what's the dogs looking for for the real stuff? Yeah. You know, we make it into a game. What all drug work is for a dog is a game. We found something they like. We make it smell like it. 
and we hide that and then eventually we take away their favorite toy mm -hmm. and leave the drug there and they all they look for is the smell of drugs and it's a game it's the greatest thing too and like i said it's like kids on xbox they can't wait to do it you know <laughs> play play it all night long and that's how these dogs are and they're ready to go to work when they go to work oh yeah they they're going like i said that's why i like the, the malinois they want to work 24 7. yeah and then when they retire, it's time to learn to relax and become house dogs like yeah. your <laughs> wife that trainers. That doesn't take very long. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, some of the other things, the second part is, you know, we're looking for bad guys. And uh, we had an incident to where, I mean, these guys are big and bad. And Zorro was only 57 pounds. And the dog had no brakes. And he was tough. We did a lot of police competitions. He was number five all the time in tough dog. You know, he'd get beat out by bigger dogs, but he was always number five because he was just solid and he hit hard. And Bill was number one because same thing. He just kept fighting through. And so guys like to fight um, officers but not dogs. I had one incident where this guy hated us. And he just got done pistol whipping his wife. And oh, he was in a fourplex upstairs. And we actually locked him out of the house and was able to get the gun away from him, thanks goodness. But... He squared up in a fighting stance, just started walking down the, the stairs, and he's like, I'm going to start swinging and someone's going to get hurt. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Come around the corner with my little dog. And he says, you give up now or you're going to get bit? He paused for a second and kind of forced his arms down, turned around, and said, you don't have to be so bossy. And he gave up that quick, and nobody got hurt. Nobody wow. got hurt at all. And, you know, he hated us, and rightfully so, you know, right. through the backstory with him. And I can understand why he wanted to fight with us, but he didn't want to fight with a dog. Yeah. You know, and I had a guy, white supremacist, wanted for attempted murder. Uh, I gave my announcements, going to get ready to throw my little dog up in the attic. And a white supremacist? Yeah. You guys, white supremacists are in Utah. I know Believe a couple that are up in prison that were on the news. But I'm like, give up now, send the dog. Okay, I'm coming. Really? You know, it just, yeah, I poke fun at him. He didn't like me very well, but it's pretty funny. Because, like, once they're in handcuffs, then they're going to, you can kind of tease them a little. Oh, no, I, I was giving crap before that. <laughs> you know, I said, dude, this is just a little dog. You gave up. What are you going to tell you guys out there? He, yeah, he didn't like me very much. <laughs> but these dogs, they're, they're such a wonderful tool. You know, we got another guy that was big and bad, and he had actually kicked in this door and was going to rape this mom. Oh my gosh. And he kicked in, grabbed her by the throat, and started pushing her back in the room. And the, the daughter come out, seen it, started screaming, and he took off running. And the crew I was on did a great job of locking down the, the area, which means they set up a perimeter. And I arrived to meet with the one officer who I admired deeply. He actually retired from Orem, come back for a short time, was working with him. Um, your dad knows him. He's one of the best officers I've ever been associated. I mean, uh -huh. I think the world of him. He's phenomenal officer one of the best task force officers i think we had to and um other officers and i have a bunch of stories with him undog related during that time i worked with him i had a blast but he's sitting there waiting for me and once again just through training and stuff and, and being who zora was um just an incredible dog so i get out of there let zora go leave himself before we start hunting for man and i'm talking to uh, mr steel and i'm kind of just kind of keep an eye on my dog keep looking at him and all of a sudden i I see a change in Zorro. His ears are up. It, it, his tail goes up. I'm like, wait a second. Did he find somebody? And all of a sudden, he starts going. About 10, no more than 15 feet away from me and this other officer, the suspect's underneath a Jeep Cherokee. We had no idea who was there. 
And I caught Zoro right before he tagged the dude. And he, he gave up. He started crying because the dog was coming to get him. Oh you know, gosh. and Terry's like, you better not, you better not fight. The dog's going to kick your butt. And he's like, I know, please don't let him hurt me. You know, here's this big bad guy willing to rape a girl, but gave up to a little dog. We had no idea. And if it wasn't for him, that guy could have a gun. And who knows? And it was literally within a matter of five seconds for me opening the door for him getting found. Wow. And just... He's okay inflicting all this pain on someone, but heaven forbid that dog bite him. Oh, yeah. They they give up quick. You know, it's... You know, I got a a bunch of stories. They just don't want to fight with a little dog. They... The dog may be 45 pounds, and in their mind, it's a 150-pound dog coming to get them. So in one of our, in our previous podcasts we've done with you before, um, you had talked about how the dogs aren't aggressive. But if you are a bad guy and he's hunting you, that's a, it's his game. Mm-hmm. He's going to find you because you're his game. You're his toy. Yep. He's, like it says, he's just a big toy. And he's, you know, he's going to do everything to protect Daddy. Yeah. You know, when Zorro's on the SWAT team, he's an incredible SWAT dog. And the, his team will tell you he was the best. Not only did he protect me, but he would protect the whole team. And they knew that. We'd deploy in a stick, and we all looked the same. And so I'd be the fourth or fifth guy back in the, in the line, and I would send Zora out to go search ahead of the SWAT team because K-9 leads the way. They'd go in the room. I'd call him back. He would till on the guy first in line. And they got so good at directing my dog, and I would give the commands that the dog would work just for pointing on those. And the guys knew it. Oh, that's awesome. And he did a great job. And it was amazing to watch him walk and how the SWAT team just bonded with him. You know, before deployments, a high-risk search warrant or something like that. We're nervous and stuff like that. Yeah. Zorro's in the middle of everybody, and there's a half a dozen hands petting Zorro. And he's like, ah, <laughs> I know you guys love me. More love right there behind me here. <laughs> and does, yeah, he probably also realizes he's going to yeah. be going to work, too. And once he exits the van, he knows, okay, i got to go bite somebody now. Oh. Let's go have fun, guys. And that was his team. You know, he, he was out there as a defensive player, and they knew they, they took good care of him, and they took care of Zorro. So, like I said, they, that, it was fun to watch. Awesome. But these dogs are, are incredible out there. You know, when Bill hit the street, same thing. We'd go be looking for bad guys and taking care of it. You know, down in Provo, Bill had a knack of finding people everywhere, but he would find people where they shouldn't be. One night we were chasing a burglary suspect, and he caught a couple being intimate off the side of the road. <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> and then he caught another couple sleeping in a storage shed that was unrelated to the incident that we're looking for. But he oh eventually gosh. we'd find a bad guy. So in those kind of situations, I'm assuming he doesn't bite. He just kind of he barks at them. They were in the car and barking and stuff like that. He's just watching these people. He's like, we're sorry, we're okay. Just, yeah, we're done. <laughs> you know, and we usually don't, you know, chase the smartest ones. You know, and you know, like burglary suspects, we're looking for one of a residential burglary one night, and Zorro's doing a great job tracking and stuff like that. And we go into this backyard, and. As you work the dog, you know their clues and you know what they're, what they found. Well, we thought this guy. I had thought the guy went to a shed. How Zorro was acting? Well, the guy actually ran into his backyard because we actually found the guy in the house. But all of a sudden, Zorro stops in between two tomato plants. And there's just big rocks in there. He starts scratching the rock. I'm like, why are you showing me your drug indication, not barking? The guy's in the shed. So I light up the area, and Junior was growing a marijuana plant in between Mom's tomato, tomato plants. Tomato plants. <laughs> 
So we end up knocking on the door, and sure enough, the kid was our burglary suspect. So we got charged with burglary and cultivating marijuana at the same time. So. Oh my gosh! These people think they can get away with the dumbest things. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's amazing. Like I said, you bring the dog up, and people give up quick. And so they're the they're the best tool. And the courts have ruled that they're not deadly force. In fact, they prevent deadly force because they give up so quickly. Right. So it's so much of a protection of our police officers out there. And it's, I mean, everybody has rights. So in some ways it is a protection for the criminals as well if they choose to give up. Yep. You know? When you look at the study back in the 80s from San Diego, uh, they were they had a lot of justifying shootings because guys would come at them with knives, baseball bats, and stuff like that. But it's like, well, public image is why are we only, you know, why don't you just shoot it out of their hand? They don't understand. There's a lot more into it. Well, they made a study and they decided, well, we're going to double the size of our canine program. And the shootings cut down to, I think it was an eighth of what it was before. Whoa. Because the people either given up or the dog's taking care of the situation. And, you know, usually a dog bite, the majority of the time it's just four punch wounds. That's it. And they don't even sew them up. Wow. You know, just the peer pressure and how we're raised to be scared of dogs um, with it, you know, that helps us out. Yeah. Well, and being afraid of cop dogs is just a whole different yeah, thing. With the help of media and stuff like that, it's like, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, with the John Wick movie, it just helps out that people don't want to fight with them because those two well-trained Malinois, yeah, you know, they're that's awesome right. to watch, you know, and they do do that stuff. You know, people are like, oh, it's movie, movie magic. No, those Mal's are incredible. That's yeah, so they're cool. fast, they hit hard, you know, but they'll snuggle up with a baby at night. And, and you totally trust it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, um, we're really grateful for Art spending a couple of hours with me one day, and he's done several episodes with me. So we're grateful for you to be able to sit down with me. I love chatting with you. He and I were sitting chatting. Every time we sit down and chat, it's like a 30 or 40-minute conversation before we actually start recording because... You just have such good stories. I just love it. So I appreciate you sharing. Oh, anytime. I've had a good career. Good. And so he's your. So do you consider this a retirement? Being at UVU, you've retired from Orem City. Yeah, it's a nice retirement job. It's not as hard as on me physically. Mm-hmm. Students at UVU are wonderful. They are the best. The staff is incredible. They take very good care of us. We try to protect them. Our majority of problems are non-students. And oh. So, and once again, I get my dog's workout in by teaching part-time for the police academy, and that's fun seeing new handlers come up. And I also get to see people who have trained years ago come back and become the trainers, so it's been a lot of fun. Oh, that's cool. Do you sometimes feel a little sad or a little heartbroken that you're not out on the streets anymore? I miss running a dog. I don't miss taking calls. I don't miss getting spit on. <laughs> you know, I got pretty good at talking people down so I didn't have to fight, you know. Mm-hmm. But I miss running a dog. Yeah. You know, and I've been fortunate. You know, I got a, some people I know that will give me a dog to train for them, and then they'll, you know, sell it or something and let me enjoy doing it. I have oh. a passion for it. I mean, I'm getting ready to train a little black lab here pretty soon, starting this week, and she should be really fun. Oh, so you like actually help like friends and neighbors train their dogs? I do that every once in a while. Okay. So this is actually a, a friend of mine who has a kennel who sells police dogs. And he has so many dogs right now that, like, can I borrow one? I'll train it up for you. And then if, when you have a buyer, you can sell it. And I just want to have fun with her. And he's like, 
okay. Aww. So we're picking up a, this little black lab named Bella, and she should be pretty fun. Oh, that's so fun. I'm so glad you still get to at least live your passion and do that. It's when I feel like once you're a cop, you're always a cop, and you will continue to always do something in that field, and you, as you should, especially because you're really good at it. Yeah, I, I could say that. It's, I enjoy it. It's my passion, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just fun. Yeah. Fun good. to work with dogs and people. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've heard. <laughs> All right, well, thanks again, Art. I appreciate you so much, and I hope thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you guys later. Thank you.